lawyer by training, writer and teacher by choice. Originally from New York, I am a proud wife and mother living in Los Angeles. Join me as we delve into the Holy Torah's teachings and apply them to our lives. I keep it short and sweet, but always deep. Welcome. Hi, welcome back. So we're starting a new cycle of reading the Torah. Last week we finished reading the Torah, and now this coming Parsha is Bereshis, or um, the book of Genesis, so we're starting all over again, and so I thought it was a good time to kind of take a step back and discuss a little bit briefly, you know, what is the Torah? Like, what is the Torah? What's its purpose? Why are we, why should we learn it? I thought it was a good time to do that because as we are about to enter the cycle again, and as you know, the podcast is talking about Jewish wisdom and how it's relevant, but it's like we're, all the Jewish wisdom comes from the Torah. So I thought it'd be valuable to kind of take a step back and look at the Torah itself. And then I would like to go a little bit into the story of Adam and Eve, uh, one of the deepest um, encounters really in the Torah, so many levels of understanding. I'm going to provide just a little bit of insight, but relate it back to the purpose of the Torah. So what is the purpose of the Torah? In order to answer this question, we really need to take a step back and ask, why did God create the world? So the Midrash tells us that God created the world to have a home in the lower realms. You know, God created the universe with many layers, different worlds, you know, like celestial spheres, heavenly spheres, and then our world, which is considered the lower realm. And we've spoken about on this podcast a few times how God chooses to withdraw from the world, meaning he hides himself, so to speak, so that we can have some measure of free will. But the point really is that he wants us to make space for him in the world. He wants to give us free will to then choose him, connection with him. So I've always thought like, why would Hashem set it up like this? You know, it seems like such a game. And it's obviously not for him because God is all perfect. He's all encompassing. He doesn't need anything from us. And we know that God is the ultimate giver. And he also created the world to give us good. I mean, that's really the true essence. But what's really the highest good? The highest good isn't really like an all-you-can-eat sushi buffet or like shopping spree or really any physical pleasure in excess. Um, In fact, Rabbi Sachs says that worshiping ourselves is really leads to the least fulfilling life. And I found this to be true from people I know and in my own life that the people I know who are the most self-absorbed are the most unhappy. So what is the highest good? So Masila Sisharim, a classic book in, in Judaism, The Path of the Just, by the Ramchal, Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lazado, he says very clearly in chapter one, he says, Our sages of blessed memory have instructed us that man was created for the sole purpose of reveling in the eternal and delighting in the splendor of the divine presence, this being the ultimate joy and the greatest of all pleasures in existence. So the greatest good that we can receive really is connecting to Hashem and bringing Hashem into this world. So this is why God created the world. And the Torah is really the the means through which we can do this. So the idea for making Hashem 
a space in the lower realms is very interesting. You know, growing up, I always thought like God's in Shulam Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and then like goodbye till next year. <laughs> but it's like, no, you know, Hashem is with us all the time everywhere. And even when we're in a low place or the lowest place, we can and should connect to him. And the Torah is literally filled with opportunities for connecting to Hashem and bringing him into this world. It cuts to the very essence of Judaism, how we're meant to engage the physical world and elevate it. So in our relationship with ourselves, in our relationships with others, for example, like being patient with others, being compassionate, being willing to overlook mistakes, you know, these are ways that we can emulate God and therefore connect to God and bring him into the world. And through our relationship with God himself, making a blessing before we eat, after we go to the bathroom. So the Torah, which literally means teaching, is a guidebook for life. And it's the means through which we can bring Hashem into this world. But it's not just a guidebook. It's it's really like the DNA of reality. It's what our sages tell us. It's the, the blueprint of life. And the Torah teaches that the Torah was actually created before the world. The Torah is really a guidebook of how we should live couched within the drama of human history. You know, where humans came from, how the Jewish nation was formed, why we were formed, and where humanity is going in the future. It's really a totally prophetic text. And when you study it, you see that there's layers and layers of meaning and the way that the words interconnect and the roots of the letters. I mean, Hebrew is for sure a holy language. And it's one of the things that really um, kind of pulled me in when I first started learning Torah. And this is why the smallest children to the most advanced Kabbalists can all engage with and study Torah. And this is why people will take time out, um, religious couples, like when they first get married, to spend several years learning Torah um, to kind of like build this spiritual foundation for themselves and their homes. And truthfully, this is really why my husband and I um, wanted to come to Israel now is so we can invest um, more time in Torah learning. So let's talk about the story of Adam and Eve. And as I said, I'm just going to give over a little point, something that I took out that will hopefully be relevant for you. So God tells Adam and Eve that they can eat from every tree in the Garden of Eden, except for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So what is this tree? It has a funny name, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So Rabbi Kiva Tatz explains that before they ate from the tree, Adam and Eve were pure and the world was pure. And evil existed only outside of themselves. And good and evil was very like objective and clear. But knowledge, right? He explains knowledge means like an intimate understanding of something. So the tree basically intertwined good and evil. And so what happened was when Adam and Eve ate from the tree, good and evil became so intimately intertwined that it couldn't be parsed out so clearly which was good anymore and which was evil. So it became intertwined in the world outside and also within ourselves. So basically, the snake was the one who tempted Eve and then Adam to eat from the tree. So why did he do this? So the snake actually wanted Eve for himself. And he thought that he would convince Eve to give Adam the fruit, which he hoped would kill Adam. And how did the snake accomplish his goal? What was his argument? He didn't just tell Eve, go against God's will, because she would have refused. Like we said, she was very pure and she had a very clear view of good and evil. Instead, he, he said that by not allowing Eve to eat from the tree, 
God was limiting her ability to bring God consciousness into the world. And as we discussed, Eve knew the purpose of humanity was to make a home for God in this lowest of worlds. So she thought it was appropriate to eat from the tree, internalize the knowledge of good and evil, and be able to bring like Hashem into the lowest realms of the world. So effectively, the snake convinced Eve that they knew better than God himself how to accomplish God's ends, even though God clearly said, don't eat from this tree. So once Adam and Eve ate from the tree, good and evil was no longer an intellectual decision. People forevermore, because as we said, the Torah is like the DNA for reality. So Adam and Eve were like the blueprint for all humanity. They were the DNA code for all humanity, and their choices affected the rest of human history. So once they ate from the tree, now forever human beings emotionally identify with bad choices and even view them as good for us. And I think this is this is incredible because one of my rabbis actually recently pointed out to me, like, have you ever noticed that human beings are the only ones who will purposely do things that are bad for us? Like, animals will they're totally for their survival. They will run away from harm and they will pursue their own good. We will purposely do <laughs> harmful things to ourselves. And it's like, why? So I think this is part part of the reason why, because we, after, after the sin of eating from the tree, we emotionally identify with bad choices and think they're good for us. Our, our vision is clouded now as to what's truly good and what's truly bad in the world and for ourselves. And this is why the tree really introduced doubt into the world, Rabbi Tatz explains. So the snake actually represents the evil inclination within us, right? Like our evil inclination doesn't convince us to outright sin, but it it rationalizes that transgressing God's will is like a shortcut to actually accomplishing what God really wants. And so the sin is supposedly meritorious. Like we convince ourselves of this sometimes. And I know, you know, I've experienced this and I'm sure you have too. And I think this is why it's so important to have objective mentors and teachers (laughs) to get clarity in times of doubt. Um, This has helped me so much in my own journey. And really, sometimes we just we all need like an objective perspective because we're very wrapped up in our own worlds and it can be really hard to, to have clarity sometimes. So when Adam and Eve ate from the tree, they introduced mortality into the world. And one of the punishments was that people would eventually die. And the Torah tells us, I've, Hashem says, I put before you life and death, choose life. And the Torah, as we know, is called the tree of life. And when we follow the, the Torah, when we, we are really choosing life because we're connecting to the source of life himself, Hashem. Okay, so to sum up, we live in a world of doubt, but we have the Torah, which is God's teaching and the manual for navigating this world of confusion. And so we need to be wary of inner arguments that we know better than God. And through carrying out the Torah, we can expand divine consciousness and increase the light in this world and make this world a home for God. I want to add that I really feel that the Torah is going to be our guiding light that is going to get us through the rest of human history and especially this dark period of time that we're facing now where we've really in the past year experienced such a paradigm shift of reality with the pandemic and just so much has changed and it feels like a lot of the structures 
that we viewed as so solid. One of my teachers, Sarah Rigler, said like economic security and politics and science, these things that we viewed as so together and solid are just crumbling before our very eyes. And this it's very unsettling, but I really feel that the Torah is going to be our light. As I said, it's a prophetic text. It talks about the end of days, the end of human history, which I think we for sure are in although we don't know exactly how long it is. And so my hope is with this podcast that we will continue to plug into the Torah together and um, be inspired and be uplifted through this time. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to learning again with you soon. Take care.